Welcome to our Sunday Sermon Podcast with City Harvest AG Church. Wherever you are in life, we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Here at City Harvest, we believe in the undiluted Word of God and the teachings here will enhance your understanding of the Scripture and will help you grow and mature as a Christian. So we hope and pray that you will be blessed by this sermon. Today's sermon is brought to us by Pastor Shine Thomas. I'm going to preach to you a message entitled, The Rising Sun. The Rising Sun, based on the song of Zechariah. I remember going on a vacation to Pondicherry with my family a couple of uh, years ago. And Pondicherry comes to the east coast of India. So, if you head to the beach early morning, you will get to see the sunrise. And it is such a beautiful scene. If you go a little early... While it is still dark, you can see the darkness of the skies being broken forth by the light that comes from the morning sun. And very soon, the darkness is totally dispelled and the light of that sun brightens up the day. Zechariah, as he is singing to the Lord, the joyful song, he is picturizing Christ as the rising sun. And I have titled today's message, The Rising Sun. Let's read this song. Luke chapter 1, verse 67 to 79. Luke chapter 1, verse 67 to 79. John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come down to his people and redeemed them. He has raised a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David as he had said through his holy prophets long ago. So what is Zechariah telling? He's connecting the prophecies of the Old Testament to his song and the arrival of Jesus Christ. Verse 71, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, he's remembering the covenant God made with Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Verse 76. And he's looking at his son. Probably John the Baptist is born and he is just lifting John the Baptist in his hands and he's looking at his son now, John the Baptist, and saying, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of the sins. Because of the tender mercy of God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. Jesus is not yet born. When he is holding John the Baptist, he knows by the word of prophecy and the message of angel to him as he was ministering in the temple... That if John the Baptist is born, he is a foreigner. Next, the Messiah has to be born. And he's saying, verse 78, Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy scripture. So Zechariah prophesies that Jesus is a rising sun, come to redeem his people by forgiving their sins and giving peace to those who are living 
in the darkness of sin. Well, if you go back to Luke chapter 1, Zechariah is a priest at his very old age. He's ministering in the temple. And by lot, he's been selected to serve in the holy place. He's doing his priestly duties and here comes an angel. And angel is giving him a prophecy regarding child that will be born to him and Elizabeth. They have been without children at an old age. And then he talks about the prophecies regarding the child. Zechariah finishes his priestly duties and goes back to his house. And uh, supernaturally, there is a miraculous birth. He and his wife become pregnant in the natural way with a miraculous birth. In the same time, after a couple of months, the angel went to Mary in Nazareth. Remember, two miraculous births are happening. One is a father and mother coming together, old parents, unable to bear children, having a birth. Another is a virgin birth. Angel goes to Mary and says that you will be full of the Holy Spirit and you will give birth to a son. And so we have two miraculous births over here and Mary happens to be the cousin of Elizabeth. And after a couple of days, Mary goes all the way to visit Elizabeth. And here there are two women who are pregnant, one in the natural way, one in the supernatural way. As they are talking, the child in the womb of Elizabeth leaps in the Holy Spirit, jumps in the Holy Spirit. And uh, that is another confirmation that this is of the Holy Spirit, what is happening. And by the time you come to Luke chapter 1 verse 67, Elizabeth's son is born, John the Baptist. And the way he is looking at uh, his son and the prophecy and his knowledge of the Old Testament, he is a Levite and uh, Levites are known to teach the law to the people. So he knows the Old Testament very well. So when he connects the Old Testament prophecies and when he remembers what God has spoken to him through the angel regarding the son, he is coming out with an amazing song connecting the Old Testament covenants to relate to the promised Messiah in Jesus Christ. Can you see the beautiful connection between Malachi and the Gospel of Matthew or Luke in whatever you see, the Gospels? Even though there is a 400 plus gap between these two books, there is an amazing bridge between these two books. Come to Malachi chapter 3 and it's verse 1. Malachi prophesied, I will send my messenger, talking about John the Baptist in Luke. Okay, I will send my messenger who will prepare a way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his people. In other words, the messenger will come, then the Messiah will come. And uh, Zechariah knows this. Okay? The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Almighty God. Malachi finishes with an amazing promise of the messenger and the Messiah. Okay? And the gospels begin with the messenger first. And then the Messiah coming. What a beautiful way the Old Testament and the New Testament has bridged. God in his inspiration has given to us. Come to Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 to 6. The last chapter of the Old Testament. Malachi, see the bridge over there. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you. And John the Baptist is a person who has come in the same spirit of Elijah. Okay? And see how we know it in the fullness of time, in the development of the scripture. But then God says, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. Verse 6, what will he do? John the Baptist, what did he do? We know from the scripture and it's already prophesied. He will turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the hearts of the children to the parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. 
So what we can see in this great song of Zechariah is a condensation or, or, or the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old Testament regarding Jesus Christ and the Messiah. He is adding on to his song and it is a very rich theological song. For some time I will speak on the text and then I will go into the application of why the Messiah has come. But I want you to understand this message with me. How in Christ the fulfillment of all the covenants or the promises of God in the Old Testament and the, every covenant has been fulfilled in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay? The Bible speaks in the Old Testament about six covenants, six covenants or agreements between God and man at various times. First is the covenant God made with Noah in Genesis chapter 9 verse 11. No, God made a covenant with Noah, an agreement with Noah. And then we can find God made a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. That I'm going to give you a nation and I'm going to give you a land and uh, you are going to be a blessing to the nations. And God made a covenant with Abraham. So Noah's time is over, the flood is over and you come to the time of Abraham. Out of Babylon, God called Abraham and God gave him a promise. That's a covenant that God made with Abraham. And then you come all the way, Abraham's descendants go to Egypt and they are in bondage and God delivers them through Moses. Uh, we are in the book of Exodus now and by the time you come to Exodus chapter 19 and 20, we can make the new another covenant that God made with the Hebrews and God made them the children of Israel, his people and he became their God and that is called as the Mosaic covenant or Sinaitic covenant in the Old Testament. God brought this people who were in Egypt not only the Jewish people, but there were many race over there, but God brought them out to the wilderness. God intimately dealt with them. And then God gave them the law and he said, if you follow this law, you will be my people. And when you follow this law, I will be your God. And God made an agreement with them. Okay. And then we can find that in the wilderness, the sacrificial system was set up to worship God, to remission of sins and the day of atonement. And we can find a lot of sacrifices right in the wilderness. And there God wanted one group of people to minister in his presence. And God made a covenant with the Levites. And Zechariah is a Levite. You understand? Who will minister in the temple, who will do the sacrificial systems. And that is a covenant with the Levites. And it's there in Numbers, the priestly covenant. In Numbers chapter 25, we can find the fourth covenant. And then these people in the time of Joshua settles down in the promised land. And God had given them a land flowing with milk and honey. And by the time you come a little more further, they ask for a king and King Saul becomes their king. And God rejected Saul because he disobeyed God. And then David became the second king. And in the time of David, there was an amazing prosperity and peace with the boundaries, with the neighbors. And the kingdom prospered beautifully under the reign of David. And God made a covenant with David, a man after God's own heart, that out of his kingdom, his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom. And in 2 Samuel chapter 7, we can find the mention of the Davidic covenant that God made with David. And then you see the people of God in the book of Jeremiah, much later, much, much, much later, God made a covenant 
in somewhere around 609 BC, God made a covenant with, again with Jeremiah and the children of Israel. A new covenant, okay? And what is the new covenant? The new covenant promised that the Messiah is going to come and uh, he is going to have a new relationship with God's people. So we find the new covenant in Jeremiah chapter 31 and it's verse 31. God says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Can you see from the Old Testament, God is making covenants and slowly he's bringing into the new covenant because Jesus is the fulfillment of the new covenant. When he takes the cup on the night he was betrayed and he said, this blood is a covenant. That new covenant has already been told in the Old Testament. That's why the Old and New Testament is just complementing each other. The Old is revealed in the New. Okay? And then we can find in Jeremiah 31, 31, I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. In Jeremiah 31 verse 3, what is that covenant? It's a covenant of love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. God loves the world. God loves every person of this world. And because of his love for you and I, God made this new covenant. I have drawn you with loving kindness. If you're worshipping the Lord, it is because God has drawn you to the love of God with his loving kindness. And that's the new covenant. And Jeremiah 31, 34, what will happen in the new covenant? I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Through Jesus Christ, when the new covenant is fulfilled, people's sins will be forgiven and remembered no more. Remember in the Old Testament covenants, they used to bring the lamb or some animal for remission of sins and every year they had to bring it back again because there is no permanent remission of sins. And the new covenant on the cross of Calvary when Jesus died, that's a once for all remission of sins for those who believe in Jesus Christ. So we have a chart over here where it says from all the covenants over there, we can find creation. Then the time of Noah, God made a covenant. Okay. And in creation, it was supposed to be a paradise. Always man was never destined to die. We were supposed to have fellowship always with God. But that lost at creation because of man's sin. And then God made a covenant with Noah, just with one family. And then come to two, around 2091 BC, we can find again one more family, Abraham's family. God made a covenant. And then in Moses' covenant in the wilderness, then the covenant with David, the Jeremiah, the new covenant. And that has been fulfilled in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But when we see this covenants of the Old Testament, the promises of the Old Testament, especially three covenants point very specifically and directly to the birth, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. One is the covenant with Abraham. One is the covenant with David. And the third one is a covenant with Jeremiah, the new covenant. And when you see and read the song of Zechariah, he puts all these three covenants that are promising about the coming of Jesus into his song. Can we just go to Luke chapter 1, verse 67 to 79? In verse 69, 73 and 77, we can find Zechariah mentioning all this in his song. In 69, he has raised us a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. See how he's connecting to the covenant that God made with David? He's full of scripture. It's always good we know the Bible and we study the Bible well. 
because the scripture just comes out to us when we sing a song he doesn't have time to go and open the scrolls but he is looking at the child and he is full of the scripture and scripture is coming out oh this boy is a forerunner and the messiah is coming and he's going to fulfill the davidic covenant the oath he swore to our father abraham verse 73 i think yeah father abraham is remembering the covenant that god made with abraham and then he is remembering the new covenant from jeremiah chapter 31 verse 77 to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins what a rich song this is is an amazing song full of connecting dots from the old testament to jesus christ the fulfillment of the prophecies of the old testament one more thing when you study this song of zechariah we must understand that zechariah is an old testament minister and his song is based on the old testament expectation of the messiah this is not our expectation but then there are glimpses from which we can understand what is the ministry of jesus and what jesus will do for us but his song is about the old testament expectation of the messiah what was the old testament expectation of messiah that there will come a messiah there will come a king a savior who will bring back the reign of david like in the days of david there is going to be peace prosperity for israel and all that god promised to abraham and the forefathers will be fulfilled in that messiah where israel will be the superpower and the whole earth will receive the peace of god and everybody will acknowledge god is the lord and the paradise will be regained that was the expectation of the messiah in other words israel was expecting a person who would be their god and their king and the political king and that's why when jesus was with the sinners jesus went to the cross they could not accept it because they expected a political messiah but bible says that he was supposed to come and die for the sins of mankind and that is there the old testament expectation of the messiah is there in zechariah's song luke chapter 1 was 71 to 75 Luke chapter 1 verse 71 to 75 see what is written over there salvation from our enemies zechariah is telling this messiah is going to come and give us salvation from the romans who are ruling over us and from the hand of all who hate us there are many people who hated the jewish people and god is going to deliver the messiah is going to deliver to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant verse 73 to the oath he swore to our father to rescue us 74 from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and in righteousness before him all the days of our life so they were expecting a political messiah and uh, jesus did not do that and jesus just postponed that political uh, kingdom after the second coming i want to give you a chart over here uh, so that you will understand the ages and uh, the jewish expectation and uh, what jesus literally did can you see over here we can find the fall to the promise the birth of jesus christ okay and uh, the jewish people believed that the moment jesus came or the messiah would be born the new age would start okay and in that new age there is going to be peace like uh, david's kingdom there is going to be fellowship with god and every tongue in the whole world will bow down to god and there will be absolute peace regained in this world okay that was the jewish expectation of a messiah that would come you know what jesus did jesus shifted the fullness of that kingdom after his second coming you understand jesus came 
and the kingdom of darkness is coming to an end in the second coming of Jesus Christ but then the age to come he started a new kingdom Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand and where is the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is in us in other words there is a kingdom there is a rule of God happening in this world that is a spiritual kingdom that is inside the heart of people who believe God who worship God but there are many people outside in the darkness who still do not know God and the messianic expectation of the whole world knowing God as the only God will be fulfilled only after the second coming of Jesus Christ so Jesus brought this gap and included the church the gentiles along with the jews to be a part of the kingdom of god and when jesus comes back the second time the whole world will realize that he is the king of kings the lord of lords he has come to establish peace permanently for man but now that peace and that expectation and that joy is received only for individuals who receive jesus christ personally into the lives so zechariah's song is on the jewish expectation that jesus is going to come and what was going to happen in the kingdom will happen right now but then if you look at the song of zechariah you can also understand the ministry of jesus christ the ministry of the rising sun so a little glimpse into the work of the rising sun and then we will conclude with some applications number 1 from this song we understand what is the messiah going to do why is the messiah coming into this world what is the ministry of the messiah number 1 jesus has come to redeem his people through forgiveness of sins jesus has come to redeem his people through forgiveness of sins come to luke chapter 1 the same song was 68 to 70 he is telling praise be to the lord the god of israel because he has come to his people and redeemed them look at that word redeemed to redeem is to buy back pay a high price and get back the people who are lost in sin okay when you lose something for example i heard a story at a young age that uh, there was a young boy who used to make boats hand boats with his father was a carpenter one day on a vacation he went and used his daddy's tools and he made a small hand boat and every day he would go to the river in front of his daddy's shop and play with that boat okay and what happened one day the tide was high the waves were high and he was playing with his friends and he just neglected that boat maybe for some he got disturbed and uh, he got distracted and the boat uh, went away the hand boat went away a little far into the waves where he could not take it and he's telling my boat my boat that i created is going far away from me and as he was trying to do somehow ask many people to receive that boat back everybody rejected because the waves were high and nobody went into that river to rescue that boat but they all came back they could not accomplish the goal and after some time he lost the sight of his boat the story says like this after a couple of months he went across the river for a fair in the another village okay in the next village so he crossed the river and went to the fair with his friends and enjoyed that beautiful fair and by the time he came back he was very tired so he told his friends let's go to the restaurant and have some coffee and as he was sipping the coffee he looked at the showcase and he saw his very boat in that showcase 
And he ran to that boat and he said his friends, this is my boat that I have made. And uh, he went to the shopkeeper and he said, this is the boat that I made with my hands. And I need it back. He said, no, sorry, this is my boat. Somebody was selling it for 500 rupees and I paid 500 rupees and got this boat. Uh, he said, no, how can you claim 500 rupees for this? This is my boat. I did it with all my hard work. He said, no, I paid 500 for it. If you want it, you can pay me that money and I will give it to you. This boy, Johnny, collected money from all his friends, collected 500 rupees, gave to that shopkeeper, and the shopkeeper gave him back that boat. And when he received that boat, Johnny said, once I made you, but now I purchased you. And this is exactly what Jesus came to do for us. He made us, and we were lost in sin. Every one of us were lost in sin. And he came now to pay a price of redemption, to die on the cross of Calvary. So that mankind can be purchased back by paying his own blood and life. So that we will come out of the darkness of sin and eternal separation from God. So he came to redeem his people. And how did he do that? Luke chapter 1 verse 69. He has raised up a horn of salvation. Horn talks about strength. Horn talks about victory. Okay? In other words, the horn of salvation that has come from the root of David's family or David's genealogy is Jesus Christ. He is that one who can give us victory. He is the one who is the horn of salvation. And Jesus is the one who will pay a price to redeem his people from their sins. What a beautiful word of God that we have. Even when Jesus came, before he could come, it is written in the Bible that he would die and he would pay a price for us. And how would he do that? Uh, how, how would he do that? Luke chapter 1 verse 77. To give his people the knowledge of salvation. And how do man get salvation? Through the forgiveness of their sins. In other words, God has come in Jesus so that he can buy back man who has gone into sin by being a victorious horn, a victorious person who will defeat death on the cross of Calvary so that we can have salvation and forgiveness of sins. When we are forgiven of our sins, we have salvation. We have life with God. And that's exactly what Jesus came into this world. Jesus has come to redeem his people through the forgiveness of our sins. And why would Jesus do that? Would you do something to somebody giving your life? No, I don't think anybody will do anything to anybody if it is at the cost of our life. But what was the motive for which Jesus came into this world? What is the motive that pushed God to send God into time? Live with us and die for us. What is the motive for God? The pure motive for God is His mercy. God is merciful God. Come, Luke chapter 1 verse 77. To give His people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. And why? The motive is in verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of God. God was merciful looking at the separation of mankind. Sin has brought us physical death. Sin has brought us permanent eternal death from God. And when God saw the suffering of mankind, not only the physical death, but a permanent separation from God. God was merciful to your condition and my condition. And he sent his son to die for you and I. The motive for God sending his son is his mercy. The Greek word over there is splenkna. Splenkna means 
from the bowels. In other words, God from his very inner being is full of mercy. The throne of God is a throne of mercy. When Moses wanted to see God, he, God allowed him to see his mercy. And we can find that God is a bearer of mercy. And God forgives sins because he is a merciful God. Friends, come to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. When we receive Jesus and when we become a new creation, that is not because of your merit or my merit. That's not because you and I were born in a Christian family. We are the children of God because of the mercies of God. He has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So the motive God saved man. The motive why Jesus came down. Is not to make himself great. But to took the humble form of a servant. Died for us. Because he was merciful. God is merciful towards you. He is merciful towards your sin. Friends, why was the law given? Why did God give Moses the law? Can anybody 100% follow the law? Nobody. The Ten Commandments follow that? You cannot follow that. Every time Israel was given the law, they recite the law, they follow the law, they will fall short of the law and they have to come to God and say, Lord, I cannot fulfill the law. The law was given so that they will fail because nobody can fulfill some laws and come to God. And Christ fulfilled that law. Today, we are the redeemed. You and I still have sins in us. We have character in our life that is contrary to the kingdom life. But we have the righteousness of God. We are a people in the making. We are a community being transformed into the likeness of God. Because of Jesus Christ, he forgives sins. And that's the mercy of God in our life. Point number three, moving forward. Zechariah then brings in a beautiful aspect on how our darkness is moved when Jesus comes. Jesus is a rising sun that banishes spiritual darkness. Jesus is a rising sun that banishes spiritual darkness. Luke chapter 1 verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. So who is Jesus? The rising sun. Come from where? Come to us from heaven. And do you know that the concept of rising sun and the sun of righteousness and darkness going out was a concept of the Old Testament when the Messiah comes. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. But for you who river my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. Healing for the sins of this world. Sun of righteousness is coming. And that sun of righteousness, Zechariah is connecting with Malachi. He said, here with this forerunner, Jesus is coming, who is the son of righteousness. And do you know what are the words of Jesus? In John's gospel chapter 8 and his verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you are following Jesus, you are not in darkness. You have the light of God and the light of life in you and I. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him. 
and declared to you god is light in him there is no darkness at all and zechariah is saying he is a rising sun that dispels the darkness of this world and what is the darkness of the world the darkness of the people of the world who are living in sin isaiah prophesied many 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 years before jesus that darkness of this world is going to be dispelled isaiah chapter 9 and is verse 2 the people walking in darkness have seen a great light talking about jesus coming into this world the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned we were living in a land of deep darkness the world was full of darkness and with the coming the first advent of christ into this world the light has dawned into the darkness of this world what a joy jesus came into this world and who is that light isaiah says again who is that light come to the same chapter isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 same chapter isaiah is telling who is that light to us a child is born talking about jesus to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders there is coming a day when he is going to take the one world government and he will be called the wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father and he's called the prince of peace isaiah is saying This is the one who is going to dispel the darkness of this world and Zechariah is telling here is the messiah he is come now he's going to dispel the rising sun to dispel the darkness of the world do you know what was the condition of you and i before we were saved and what is the condition of man without jesus or what was the condition of man before jesus came come to isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 and 3 isaiah 59 verse 2 and 3 your iniquities have separated you from god our iniquities have separated us from god your sins have hidden his face from you we cannot see god we cannot be near god because of the sin of man so that he will not hear he cannot even hear us because that was our condition verse 3 for your hands are stained with blood our sins are so gruesome and so cruel it's picturized that the sin of man is like the sin hand of a murderer stained with the blood of sin your fingers with guilt your lips have spoken falsely and your tongue mutters wicked things this is was us this was you and i before knowing the light of god but in the very same passage there is a hope isaiah 52:2 to 3 i read but you see verse 1 isaiah is talking about hope isaiah 59 verse 1 surely the arm of the lord is not too short to save even though we are full of sin we are like hands full of blood and fingers full of guilt god's arm is not short to save you and i nor is ear to dull to hear so what did god do because we are sinners isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 to 
Arise, shine, for your light has come in the Messiah. Arise, shine. You and I don't have to be in darkness. You and I don't have to be in the guilt of blood in our hands. We can arise because Jesus, the rising sun, has come into this world. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. We are not ordinary people. We are sinful people, but we have the glory of God. We have the light of God. So we become not ordinary people. We become the children of God without blemish and sin. Verse 2. See, the darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over all its people. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Zechariah is remembering all this and singing his song. And what will that son of righteousness will do? The mighty counselor, what will he do? Isaiah 62 verse 12, they will be called holy people. Can you imagine God? God has done to us from darkness, fingers full of guilt and hand full of blood. The light has come in Jesus. And when we receive Jesus Christ, what are you and I called? We are called holy people. Who were we once? Guilty of sin. Sinners living in darkness. But now God calls us holy people. Redeemed of the Lord. He has paid the price for our sin. He has paid the price for our guilt and we have been redeemed by God and you will be called sought after a city no longer deserted hallelujah Christ has come so that you and I will not be deserted but we will be owned by God almighty so Jesus is a rising sun that dispels the darkness of this world what else can Jesus give in the song of Zechariah, the last point. Jesus is the rising sun that grants peace. Jesus is the rising sun that grants peace. Luke chapter 1 and it's verse 79. To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Oh, what a promise that is. To guide our feet into the path of peace. Remember, Christ has come to give you and I peace. Do you know that in this world we don't have peace? If you look at your jobs, there is no hope for peace. Our friends will fail us, family will fail us, nobody can truly satisfy us. But God gives us true peace through Jesus Christ. Three kinds of peace that God has brought to us. Peace with God. We did not have peace with God, but through Christ Jesus, we have peace with God. Secondly, peace with our own selves. We can have peace with our own selves. There are many people who are struggling to forgive themselves. But God can give peace to our own selves. And thirdly, peace with others. We can live in peace as much as possible with other people. Christ has come to give you peace of God that passeth all understanding. Friends, look at the beautiful song of Zechariah. He's looking at Jesus from an Old Testament perspective, but he's still giving us the true ministry of Jesus Christ. Why has Jesus come? 
to redeem mankind by forgiving the sins and giving salvation, righteousness and holiness. We are made holy not because of our things, but the holiness of God is upon us. That's what Jesus came for. Secondly, he's become a light, taking us out of the kingdom of darkness, letting his light shine upon us so that we can be the children of light. And thirdly, Christ has come to give us peace of God that passeth all understanding.